Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Beef Up Front Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Coyle, back today with my Super Bowl recap, as well as some thoughts as we head into the offseason and to next year uh, a little bit. Look ahead as to who I think, as of this moment, are the favorites, as it looks like, to go to the Super Bowl next year uh, from each conference. Uh, but going to start it off with congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for defeating the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9 last night in the Super Bowl. Definitely a head-scratching game. Uh, all week, kind of, my thing was when people would ask me who I thought would win, I picked the Bucks because I thought the Chiefs' offensive line wouldn't hold up uh, with all their backups and the really strong front seven that Tampa Bay brings to the table each and every week. And that was really the case in the game, but I didn't think it would be that bad. I thought the Chiefs would be able to get some quick-hitting plays going, some screens, uh, and maybe crack a few big runs with their guys like McCall Hartman, Tyreek Hill, their explosive playmakers. I was certainly not expecting a 31-9 blowout, but that just shows how valuable the defensive line and offensive line are. Uh, really can wreck games, and the way that the Bucks' defensive line and their bl- different blitzes from defensive coordinator Todd Bowles were able to come at the Chiefs all night. Uh, that was really the game, the game-changing uh, circumstance, and, and really goes to show you how much investing up front with all those first-round picks and valuable contracts that the Buccaneers have up front uh, really paid dividends in the end. I mean, you look at their front seven, you got first round former first-round picks and Devin White and Levante David. Uh, you got Nadamia Sue, a fr- former first-rounder, Jason Pierre-Paul, a former first-rounder, Vita Vea, a former first-rounder, Shaq Barrett's a guy who's really came along in the past few years. Uh, just that front seven really dominated the game from start to finish. Uh, but we'll just we'll briefly touch on the Super Bowl, uh, give some of my takeaways, my thoughts, besides the front seven uh, dominating the majority of the game for the Bucs. Uh, and then, as I said earlier, give a little bit of a look ahead to next year and what we could be seeing in this offseason. Uh, we'll start, though, with the winners, with the Bucs. Uh, Tom Brady just continues to cement himself as the greatest football player of all time. Pretty ridiculous now. Seven Super Bowls, uh, wins, ten appearances. Uh, I saw a statistic this morning. It was... LeBron James's free throw percentage is like 71% and Tom Brady's Super Bowl win percentage is 75% or something like Tom Brady is more likely to win the Super Bowl than LeBron James is to make a free throw. So that's just pretty crazy for two of the the better athletes we've ever seen, kind of comparing them head to head right there. Uh, But I thought on the offensive side of the ball, the real reason why the Bucs were able to really control this game is their ability to run the football. All year I've been saying on this show – uh, with the teams like the Chiefs and the Bills, it really kind of came back to haunt them in the biggest game of the year for each of them that they weren't able to run the football that well. Uh, you look at the Bucks here, 89 rushing yards for Leonard Fournette and 61 for Ronald Jones. Uh, Fournette kind of bet on his, hit himself, kind of got off to a slow start, but really picked up. And as we saw as the year went on, especially to the playoffs, playoff Lenny came out. And I think he earned himself a really nice contract. going to be, Interesting to see if he's brought back in Tampa Bay or if he goes and gets a pretty big money deal somewhere else. Uh, but their ability to run the ball and really control the clock and just run out the clock at the end of the game was really big and and probably the main reason on the offensive side that they were able to, to really execute and win this football game. Uh, Rob Gronkowski comes out, shows that he still has a lot of good football left in him. He goes for six for 67 and two touchdowns. Uh, him and Brady's chemistry really pays off big here in the big game. 
the real superstar players, though, on, on the Bucks offense and Mike Evans, uh, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, the guys that at least Godwin and Evans have really been the main targets on that offense all year. You kind of saw Antonio Brown come into play later throughout the year as he got his footing back in his return to the league. Uh, but they were kind of shut down. The Chiefs didn't really let them execute to their capabilities. And But with the running game that they brought to the table and guys stepping up like Gronk and even Fournette in the passing game, uh, Cameron Braid had a few nice catches and plays as well. Uh, that's really all they needed with that balanced, balanced attack. Uh, Tom Brady took care of the football, no interceptions. The Bucks' offensive line held up well, only giving up one sack. I thought that was an advantage this week as well. The Bucks O-line against the Chiefs D-line, I thought they had that matchup one. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, loves to blitz, uh, but the Bucks were really able to handle that well. So props to them. Uh, they just played almost like the perfect game kind of. They did everything they needed to do, everything everyone was saying they needed to do to win this game and pull off uh, what was viewed as, as an upset by the Vegas oddsmakers. But they, to the best of their ability, executed a great uh, coach game, I think. Great schemes uh, drawn up by Todd Bowles on defense, Byron Leftwich on offense, and Bruce Arians leading the charge. Uh, just a really impressive performance. Uh, this team, the Bucks, has a lot of guys coming back next year as well. As I touched on earlier, uh, you got Fournette as a free agent. But Chris Godwin, also a free agent. I think they'll at least franchise tag him if they're not able to sign him to a long-term deal. But Mike Evans coming back, Ronald Jones coming back, Tom Brady already said again he's coming back, Gronk coming back. Uh, a lot of that defense is set in stone for the next few years as well, which is going to make them a really special unit, I think. I believe Sue might be a free agent, and I know Shaq Barrett's a free agent. I could see Shaq Barrett headed out the door just because I think he's going to be commanding upwards of 15 to $20 million uh, based off his production these past few years as one of the better pass rushers in the NFL. It's going to be hard to retain him. But let's see if they're able to work out a deal there. When we look at the Chiefs, as I talked about earlier, the way the Bucks defensive line and front seven really just dominated that game from start to finish. Mahomes only got sacked three times, but it seems like pressure was in his face all day. And as good as he is, as ridiculous as some of the plays that he was almost close to making in this game, I really showed that you need that protection up front and it really can harm you as a quarterback if you don't get that. So going forward for the Chiefs, I definitely think, Invest. I know they had a lot of injuries, but they need to invest in some guys up front, some beef up front to be exact. Uh, I'd love to see them in the first round. I know they're picking at the end of the first and second round, but invest in linemen, even if they're not going to be playing next year, uh, as they're going to return a lot of veteran players. They still need some depth up there and, and some guys to develop for the future because as long as Patrick Mahomes is around, you're going to have a chance as long as you give him some time and some protection. Uh, but he has by far his worst game of his NFL career, I think, as a starter. The only time in his NFL career as a starter so far that he's been held uh, out of the end zone. Todd Bowles, as we touched on, great defensive game plan in this one. Uh, Mahomes throws two picks, only completes 53% of his passes. Uh, definitely one of the worst games. And that's definitely a large part due to the offensive line being all hurt and five backups across that line with no continuity playing with each other. Uh, Travis Kelsey still cemented, I think, himself as a top three pass catcher in the NFL. I'd probably put him up there with. I mean, week in and week out, this guy comes to play. Uh, just look at the playoffs. He had 10 catches for 133 yards last night uh, in the AFC title game against Buffalo. He had 13 catches for 118 yards and two touchdowns. And in the AFC divisional round, he had eight catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just a super, super season by Travis 
uh, 105 catches in the regular season, 1,416 yards and 11 touchdowns. He just came to play every single week. Uh, and for him to be locked up at going with Patrick Mahomes, as I said, if they can continue to invest up front and just give them some protection, there's no reason why these guys can't be dominating the league for the next few years together. Uh, Tyreek Hill had, of course, a few eye-popping plays as usual. But really, compared to what they did in the regular season game where they matched up the first time against the Bucs, uh, where Tyreek Hill had over 250 yards and three touchdowns, I believe, uh, for him to be held to 7 for 73 here, no big plays. As we saw, the Bucks' defensive game plan was just get pressure on Mahomes and really just keep everything in front of you. Don't get beat deep. And, and we really saw that uh, come out to fruition, and Todd Bowles' game plan worked perfectly. Uh, Antoine Winfield had that really nice interception uh, right in front of Tyreek Hill. And Levante David and Devin White were just both all over the field. I think Devin White has really cemented himself as the best linebacker in all of football. Uh, and they really were able to wreck a lot of things that the Chiefs had going for him in this one. As we as we look ahead to next year with this Chiefs offense, I, I kind of said it throughout the year, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, he had some really good games at the beginning of the year and then kind of slowed off as we got towards the middle and down the stretch. Uh, but he had some impressive pop plays last night, 64 rushing yards and 23 receiving yards. Uh, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill on the perimeter, you're going to want to throw the ball a lot. But – as we saw with the Bucks last night, that they had a really balanced rushing attack in this one, and that really helped them out and, and helped them win this game. I mean, with I'm not sure how many it just because of their limited rush attempts only, and they were running against probably the best defensive line in all of football uh, in terms of stopping the run. Uh, but I think the Chiefs need to commit to the run a little bit more. They only had. 17 rushing attempts last night. Uh, you look at the Bucks, and they had 28 between Fournette and Jones. When you look at the Chiefs last year in the Super Bowl with Damian Williams, uh, he had a bunch of running plays. He he was right up there for MVP consideration as well in that game. Uh, and they had some really good success as we saw them win the Super Bowl last year. Uh, but with a dynamic player like Edwards Hilaire, I think the Chiefs are going to try and commit to some more running next year. Obviously, some games you'll be more pass-happy than not having Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I, the, really the key is a really balanced offense, and we saw that with the Bucs. I, I feel like I'm beating the dead horse, but we saw it all season long. I mean, the Bills, their inability to run the football really hurt them in the playoffs. Uh, the Packers' inability to run the football against against the Buccaneers in the NFC title game, that was kind of one of the main reasons that they struggled uh, and failed to reach the Super Bowl. Having the ability to run the ball, pass the ball at an even consistent rate is really a difference maker in the NFL. Uh, I know everyone's saying it's a pass-happy league these days, but this was a, a big showcase of why balance matters going forward. Uh, as we look ahead to next year, we have a really exciting offseason, and Beef Up Front will have you covered throughout it. Uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of quarterbacks on the move. We've already seen Matt Stafford traded to the Rams. Sounds like Deshaun Watson most likely would be traded this offseason. Sounds like Carson Wentz could be traded in the coming days. Uh, another uh, another few guys to maybe look out for that I think could get traded. Sam Darnold, uh, potentially a guy like Drew Locke if the Broncos decide to move on from him. Derek Carr. <sighs> this is just uh, this is a, a big offseason for quarterbacks. I think Alex Smith will probably stay in Washington, but they could be in the market for bringing in a starter. Uh, going to be interesting to see what Dallas does with Dak. 
Uh, just Philadelphia roll with Hurts if they do trade Wentz. Jimmy G, what's up with there? Uh, sounds like Rodgers will be back, but never rule anything out. Uh, Bears probably bringing a new quarterback. Maybe Kirk Cousins gets shipped out. Uh, maybe Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe Matt Ryan. Like, There's so many guys that you could be getting moved in this offseason, especially at the quarterback position. It'll be really interesting as we track these moves and see them uh, and evaluate them going forward. But when we're talking about next year, looking at the favorites, no reason that Kansas City and Tampa Bay shouldn't be viewed as the two best teams, I think, going forward next year. If Brady plays like he did this year, and they're able to, as I said, bring back a guy like Godwin, uh, and then maybe one of either Fournette or Barrett, probably particularly Barrett, keep that defense in check. Uh, no reason why for them not to be able to, to go back-to-back. Uh, but if Buffalo, as I talked about last show, when we talked about the conference championship games, uh, if Buffalo is able to add a dynamic running back, maybe a guy like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne at the end of the first round, and maybe even another high-level perimeter player could definitely see them making a leap and becoming a Super Bowl team next year. Uh, a team I really like as we go forward, uh, actually both of these teams out of L.A., I like the Chargers and the Rams. I think they're capable of making some serious noise. Definitely the Rams. Uh, I think the Rams, in my eyes, might be – I've never been the biggest Stafford fan. I always think he's an elite talent, but I think people overrate him a bit. Uh he had a lot of chances. We say he didn't have a lot of help, but he also at one point had probably the top five greatest receiver of all time in Calvin Johnson. And he was really just never able to get the job done. We'll be interesting to see what he can do with McVeigh. Uh, he's also going to be working with Cam Akers, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, guys like that. Uh, I look at them and the Bucks as probably my two a NFC favorites going forward. But I really like the Chargers to make a big jump this year. Uh, Justin Herbert in his second year, you get a fresh – Offensive coach in there as well. Anthony Lynn is gone. Uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry may be coming back. Uh, they have a pretty high draft pick as well where they could get a, another offensive weapon or uh, an offensive lineman up front for Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers can make a big jump next year. And I really expect the Ravens to be in the market to bring in a high-level receiver to help Lamar going forward. And I think that the Browns could be right up there too competing. Uh, the Colts interested to see what they do at quarterback. I think they're a team that is potentially a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender as well. Uh, look at the NFC. I really like the Cardinals to come out hot next year. Uh, third year with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. You got DeAndre Hopkins back for a second year as well. I uh, can't rule out the Packers back-to-back -back NFC title games. Uh, but as of right now, I really like the Chiefs or the Bills, and then either the Rams or the Bucks to, to be going to the Super Bowl out of their respective conferences. Uh, but a really exciting offseason ahead. We'll have you covered free agency trades. Uh, we'll be breaking it all down here at Beef Up Front, as well as our special mock drafts coming back. Uh, Going to be getting into that into the next few coming days. Uh, but thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, this is our last episode for Coil's Takeaways. Uh, this being the Super Bowl edition and kind of looking ahead to next season and the offseason a bit. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys uh, shortly with more NFL news, but uh, we'll be back next, next season after week one with our takeaways. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon.